Welcome to the I'll Always Remember podcast with your host, Jordan Colton. Gary Laterman is an associate professor of American religious history and culture at Emory University, and I had the pleasure of talking with him this week about grief, loss, and a lot more. We spoke also on his latest book, which is titled Don't Think About Death, a memoir on mortality. In it, he talks about his experience when he was a young boy and his grandfather had passed away from a heart attack at the home that he was living in and remembers not just the rush of firemen and policemen that came to their home to help remove the body of his grandfather, but also an experience when he was in the backyard and was talking with his rabbi. And one of the things that really struck him and just stayed with him was when his rabbi said not to think about death and that life was for the living. The irony, of course, is that that religious council set him on a life course obsessing about death. I really enjoyed speaking with Professor Laterman, and I hope that you'll enjoy it as well. I uh, was reading a, a little bit on, on your books, the uh, most recent one, your memoir, where you talk about your experience with the rabbi when your grandfather died and how he was talking about the, you just shouldn't think about death and how ironically it kind of changed <laughs> for what turned into your career and everything. What, what is it that you, that you feel most people should, you know, kind of feel about with death? What, what, what do you think is the best kind of perception that people should have? Hard to know. That's a tough question um, and varies, I think, um, mm -hmm. in different cultures. Um, um, for me, that's a, a convenient origin story, you know, I think just because of, uh, of how that happened and being asked so much, you know, how did you get into this topic where did it begin it, yeah. it, it seems uh yeah kind of natural and and um accurate to talk about that conversation um and not be you know, being critical of it either you know of course i you know um certainly for many in the jewish community it is uh there is a message of you know focus on life you know i mean yeah. really this is like really important um so, uh, you know, I mean, I, yeah, that's a tough one, but I think in a, in a really general sense, I think the key, uh, an important lesson for people and for us is to learn how to integrate death into life in ways that um, make us more comfortable, aware, familiar, you know, um, and engaged with it um, than, than I think we are on on a more conscious level mm -hmm. yeah i <clears throat> kind of lead with that just just because i um was also reading your your book about the um way that the funeral has kind of evolved within the 20th century and that a lot of americans perception of death still is very taboo and how we moved into where funeral directors are the ones that have to kind of be the main facilitator for handling the dead and that having discussions about about death can be really hard for a lot of people it's true yeah i, I there they have been and continue to be critical players and how we think about death imagine death 
talk about death and um, relate to our dad, you know, in a certain sense, in a certain key sense. Um, but that it also has a history. I think that's that's fascinating, and and this changed, and I and I think is changing even more dramatically and rapidly um, in the last few decades. Um, that 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 really will be quite you know that are quite revealing of of how people's views of death are changing, particularly that question. You know, what is our responsibility? with the corpse you know how do we best dispose of our dead and and now even more so people are willing to speak up before they die and say this is what i want done with my body which is also a pretty kind of new uh phenomenon my you know just it seems to me yeah yeah no i agree um just with like um as you mentioned and i and actually um Jessica Mitterling's book was kind of what inspired me to get into the business that I am now, just as, as she discusses a lot of how the funeral industry works um, and how, how that affected American pop culture or just culture in general, I mean. And then now with YouTube and, and Caitlin Dowdy, her Ask a Mortician YouTube series, Caitlin Dowdy is is one um, person I think of more recently that has um, really brought attention to a lot of people, especially in you know my generation, just answering questions that many may be afraid to ask, and bringing death more to the forefront. Um, I was reading Jessica Mitterling's critique on the funeral industry, and um, she had mentioned uh, cremation jewelry as one of the items that uh, funerals directors and funeral homes may, may offer to families. And I was really intrigued by that because I, I've had an experience where when my grandfather died, just going through the process of the crazy amounts of cost that some of the, the pieces that like the casket and the actual funeral um, expenses in itself just seemed a little ludicrous. And I was wanting to find something that could maybe help people in a way that wasn't as, you know, expensive and could also be a little bit more um, tangible. So, you know, a piece of jewelry that they can keep with them. Um, have, have you done any, right. any insight or, or research into that as far as like people having those kind of mementos and what that can kind of mean to them? Well, as you know, there 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 are companies that are are um, offering to do this, and and um, you know there are ways in which people who have the ashes um, from cremation can um, incorporate them into different aspects of their lives, whether it's jewelry or um, vases or being somewhere out in the garden so i think again there's a there's a real sense of um being freed from what have been real anchors of tradition in american ways of death yeah. if you're talking about jessica midford midford book, sorry yes uh, the sorry. american way what's that yeah sorry I, I got her last name wrong my my bad right you know so yeah jessica midford the american way of death really um you know, help to uh, go after those anchors. And, and so now 
and, and especially, as I mentioned more recently, um, even with funeral directors in the funeral industry, still remaining as an important institution yeah. for this um, inevitable and, uh, every, you know, kind of uh, pervasive uh, uh, passage, right, uh, passage. Um, they're still, you know, they're still involved, but people are um, more willing uh, and less constrained um, when thinking about what what's the appropriate way to dispose of the of my loved one's body mm -hmm. um and that's that's a tough question um that has traditionally been answered by religion generally um re religious teachings and traditions and so on uh, uh different kinds of cultural practices for sure that have religious elements um but now there's a certain sense in a way in which death is a part of the um, American marketplace. And so consumers rule and, and people, entrepreneurs, innovative people who see a niche, uh, you know, can really um, help to provide uh, people with what, what they really desire. And I think people, more and more people are going to desire options like what you provide yeah yeah that's that's kind of what i was feeling just it seems looking at what what people are choosing as far as options they are learning more about environmental impacts from you know people maybe going with a traditional route of embalming what that could possibly do with you know the soil and the area and how they don't want to cause harm to the environment but rather be using a different method that could be more beneficial to the environment with cremation or, you know, not even actually being embalmed at all. Uh, it's rather interesting to, to see that, um, especially in, in the culture that I grew up in, because I grew up LDS, uh, Mormon, and in, in Utah, you know, it still is very traditional where um, embalming is, is what most will do here in, in this state, but, um, you look at like Nevada and um, especially Oregon and Washington and how they're very, very open to different types of um, ways of, of dealing with the, the body of a lost loved one. Right. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, there are probably still some regional sort of cultural differences um, across the States for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and, and not connected with uh, religious cultures certainly here in the south we we have been slower to adopt a more liberal kind of sensibility around well what 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 one can do with the uh, with the dead body yeah. um and cremation you know is really uh, uh, catching up you know to lots of other parts of the country um as the primary option uh, so that opens up all kinds of questions for ultimate disposal. What do you do with the ashes? You don't have the body now. Right. So, um, you know, all of the, the different kinds of um, uh, various directions that is going in right now. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it tied for sure to notions of, you know, um, environmental awareness. Yeah, for sure.
wanted to ask you about um, the the course that you you have on death that you have with your students. What what do you think sparks a student's interest the most? You think to to be in that class? Uh, many different 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 things I think come up in that class that can spark it up um, for students. You know, I think the class itself in general is is you know tied into something many young adults want to think about you know in some way they it's one of those topics Mm -hmm. um that people in general are drawn to in some ways um but certainly kind of students and that is is certainly part of the push for students um but the class itself is kind of really uh, pretty, as I write, you know, pretty um, uh, clearly structured and organized. Um, I think students just get kind of uh, really turned on by the whole idea of being able to uh, sort of be in a space of where, you know, you, you are able to talk about death. Mm-hmm. And it's not a space of grief. It's not a space of um you know uh religious teaching it's not a family space people may be doing it in the dorms or you know talking with friends here and there about it but this level i hope of intellectual engagement i think is a is a turn on for them again around death for sure so yeah i mean we cover a lot of ground and get they see a lot of different approaches and ways of thinking about death uh, and, and we can then, and then we dig really deep into Christianity in America. And, uh, you know, there are all kinds of great little offshoots and, right. uh, uh, strands in that story that are, uh, you know, mind blowing, fascinating, super intriguing. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that, <laughs> that I could have taken that course when I was in college. Um, they didn't really have anything like that where I was at. So, but May not be everywhere, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I truly. So I, I don't want to say it's like, yeah, that's that kind of uh, that that open, that accessible. But, right. um, uh, yeah. But again, there are ways in which even now there's such an interest in um, reframing our public conversations around death that there are ways. I mean, education certainly. Mm-hmm. education whatever that may mean kind of fits into that in some ways and um again you kind of know a lot of what's going on with the death cafes and stuff you know coming out of the order of the good death i think that's her caitlin's uh website yeah it's her community or something i believe yeah yeah right right yeah yeah so i mean um you know it's a weird time, uh, I think. I mean, certainly coming out of the pandemic and and what that may, you know what that'll bring to how we think and live with death. Um, even pre-pandemic, it just seemed there was just a lot of public awareness, interest, and in, and in being able to reflect on death and the meaning of death and the reality of death in a more public setting. Mm-hmm. And I will say too, just you know, again, uh, very quickly, it's a point in the class, whatever. It's obvious in so many ways to people who do study this topic is the you know, death is is everywhere. 
mm-hmm. in our culture. So, you know, the students who are coming in are listening to music where death is a prominent theme. Sure. And then we try to pick up on that or films or stories or stuff that's happening on social media or this celebrity dying or whatever. I mean, that's just like, uh, again, the pre-pandemic pandemic kind of changes everything, but maybe reinforces certain trends of, but, you know, so how do we kind of, yeah, sort of, yeah. Are there opportunities to talk about that? That maybe aren't uh, only found in the synagogue or the church or whatever, or, or just around the family dinner table, or if that even happens or, you know, where where are those spaces? So this gets kind of one of them. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I, I, before you had, um, mentioned that when um i was listening to your your um interview with joe rogan about how it death is really so prevalent in in music and pop culture that i i kind of didn't think about that as much as until you mentioned it thinking of my favorite type of music that i like to listen to you know the films i like and it's like yeah no really it is there it's something that we as a culture do talk about in kind of an off off way you know that's not direct but still is there and still is present so uh, yeah well that uh that happens <laughs> i guess so when you talk with me or yeah. when i kind of get into it uh but it, or others too you know as i said are writing and thinking and saying these things it's like it's out there but um yeah i mean i don't know what that what what that means or how we understand it but like you said it's there and it may not be kind of direct engagement of like let's discuss meanings but it's um the landscape of our lives in some sense and and so that again integrate how do we integrate death in a more conscious way i suppose i suppose yeah as far as um grief goes because you know the, the title of the podcast is I'll always remember. And it's about grief stories that um, people will come on the show and talk about. Uh, How do you approach that in in your class, just in discussing the ways that people will grieve or maybe how grief has maybe changed as our culture has kind of changed a little bit more in our perception of death? It's a, it's definitely a theme, although not a, so much a prominent theme. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for idiosyncratic reasons, for sure. In my, um, because I've in the Rogan <laughs> broadcast and uh, in other places too, I've uh, said this. You know, because some some things I want to kind of stay away from, or in all these twenty five years of teaching, maybe not twenty five, but twenty years of teaching the courses. I've stayed away from topics like, uh, as I mentioned, um, suicide. Right. I just don't want to go there. Um, and grief is, is worse that's there, but it's not really prominent so much. And I think for me that has to do with it's being uh, a, a field so dominated by psychology and, and my own kind of mindset and approach being more sort of sort of more historical and cultural and social you know, which are relevant uh, in terms of uh, grief. But, you know, again, it's just, I think, something that's uh, going to depend on your own mindset going in. Sure. But having said that, you know, it's it's important and key. And there certainly is um, 
you know, I, I, I have to bring in Freud here and there in the class. And so he, he's a kind of key figure for kind of pivoting around how do we, how, how do we talk about, you know, grief and, and how, um, how have, have things changed in the modern world for, you know, people who have to um, figure out uh, how to live with loss mm-hmm. and, and, you know, what, what kinds of uh, um, reactions and, and approaches and solutions are available. And so, you know, it's, um, it, it, you know, it's, it's certainly it's important and, and inevitable as well when you start looking at other cultures, you know, Buddhist, Hindu, Jewish, um, try to do, you know, indigenous cultures, uh, Africa, Native, you know, and North America, Native North America, so on, um, where, you know, the customs and the practices and the um, sort of sensibilities around death uh, really um, in, in include notions of grief, but also grief is a kind of foreign concept that we would, would impose on, uh, you know, cultures that don't really even have that word in their vocabulary, vocabulary or their mindset. So oh, really? um, I think there's a way in which for me, I want to show like with many other concepts, grief, the whole idea is, you know, not, you know, simply a construct, but is, um, you know, something that's culturally situated and, mm-hmm. and, you know, is aligned with certain kinds of cultural values. Mm-hmm. Um, but that may, you know, again, may not be so uh, prevalent or relevant in, in other cultural settings. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the direction I was going with it, just in, you know, the, it's... <clears throat> at least in, in some documentaries that I've seen or um, just books that I've read talking about it, that um, it, the contrast from how Americans approach in our culture grief compared to um, like, say like, like Polynesian culture when someone in their family has passed and the funeral service is much rather than being um, very solemn and um quiet that for them it's a lot of wailing and um you know loud emotion it's it's very present in their culture compared to ours that's really interesting to me just in how they approach how yeah you know to cope with that loss right and there are you know around different you know different um cultures and societies, you know, the, the the cultural scripts that are available, you know, and the people, the resources that people turn to, um, and that, you know, are not just, they don't, you know, not, not they don't just turn to these resources, but um, many are, are just kind of um, embedded in, in, in people's customs and behaviors. And, and so, you can see um, again in different kinds of settings, whether you know we're talking about India or uh, Indonesia or um, South Africa, you know, and and thinking also historically, not just how things are different 
you know, today in these different societies, but again, sort of the, the deeper roots of um, what have been the cultural resources and scripts um, that uh, um, have changed through time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that too is, is pretty revealing, um, especially when you do start talking about America and, yeah. uh, you know, as a way in which, and maybe this might be some kind of symptom in, in more in more modern, whatever that is, societies, um, where there are no central, main, primary, um, authoritative cultural scripts mm-hmm. anymore. There's more of a kind of a democracy, you know, of, of ideas around what does it mean to mourn? You know, how do, how do I cope with losing someone? And, and, you know, there are all kinds of resources and scripts and um, ways of responding and, and find, you know, finding coping uh, mechanisms and, um, you know, uh, ways for making sense of death that are, uh, you know, infinite. There's so many (laughs) different things available to people. Right. In our society today. And that's an interesting place to be. It is. Um, and when you say, you know, from a historical standpoint with those different um, cultural views and, and ways of, of dealing with um, with death and with grief, is there any really unique ones that, that kind of people might be interested to hear about that um, may have been a traditional way of, de- of dealing with grief that maybe they may not be familiar with? Um, and there are so, you know, I don't, there's so many when you, you know, look at um, different kinds of death related sort of mortuary practices. So mm-hmm. when, you know, when someone dies, there are all kinds of responses that, that are, uh, as I said, sort of available for people. And certainly in our more recent history, we think of the sort of Victorian era where, you know, people are much more of a public display of of mourning and grief. And so it was not something that was, you know, hidden or something that was just focused on, um, you know, your psychological state. It was more of performative. There was just sort of a much more kind of uh, for uh, certain classes of individuals in the, you know, uh, talking about the late 19th and early 20th century. Um, but you know, mourning itself and, and public expressions of grief, even in, in again within a very short amount of time, um, have changed uh, pretty uh, pretty radically. When when we think about again um, the diffuse and kind of multi you know kind of multivarious ways people are 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 dealing with their own grief and thinking about what does it mean to sort of publicly expressed, you know, yeah. express oneself, you know, in, in public, as opposed to how do you, how do you live with it in, in the privacy of your own soul or your own mind or your own, you know, home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, you know, that's, that's just thinking again, just more closer to home. That's, that's, you know, one example. Yeah. I thought it was interesting for myself. Uh, my, my wife, she's from Europe. And uh, when I was 
dating her, we uh, decided to travel uh, to a few different places where um, there was a, a book that I had read called The Empire of Death. Um, I can't remember Paul, I can't remember his last name that wrote the book, but he kind of documents different um, mausoleums and other places that he has gone to throughout the world showing how people would um, you know, represent death or in, in their way honor uh, those that have passed. And we went to Hallstatt in Austria, where I think Disney actually based Frozen off of just being the beauty of that, that little village. But in the um, one of the uh, churches, they had a little, I don't know what, what you would call it, um, not a crypt, but just a little spot where uh, you could go in and view this display of skulls that are all just laid out and each skull had written on the forehead the person's name and then they had painted a uh either like an ivory vine or a different flower that would represent certain things about that person and it was really interesting um that to them that was the best way that they could remember those people that were living in that village just where they had very little space um, and would usually have a family plot that once great grandma died or, you know, had decomposed completely, they would take her skeleton out and then just lay the next person on top. And I guess they would then take the skull and write that person's name and something that would symbolize something unique about them. And then, and then put that together with the others. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, the last person that had done that, it was a woman that had requested it in the 60s. And you could see her in the center and you knew it was her because she had a, a, a gold tooth that was just something that was a little bit unique about her. But I thought that was just an interesting environment in a way that, you know, you can really honor the dead. That's so different from how how we do now. Um, it's Yeah. Well, it is, and and um, how we think about bodies, and how we are thinking differently about you know what should be the fate of right. the corpse. You know, should it be preserved, embalmed, preserved in a vault? You know, in a uh, airtight sealed casket, six feet underground for eternity. Mm-hmm. You know, and not be touched. Right. Um, yeah, should maybe bodies just kind of be moved in and out after they decompose. And, 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 and again, what kind of, it's not just what are they, what are we doing with the bodies, but it would, the cultural mentality is also of interest. And because yeah. how we think about death is so tied to how we think about what everything, life and, and certainly religious notions. Um, so yeah, I, I you know I mean I, I hear that and 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 your your story and thinking about people's relationships with um, with their dead mm-hmm. uh, and and how does that relationship depend on the, some kind of physical remains yeah. of a body yeah and it's it's interesting too going to some of the different. Um, Catholic chapels that that are there where um, back in the medieval era that they would keep bones or, you know, pieces of saints and display them within um, suits of armor. I I remember seeing a 
um, at one in Croatia that they had a, um, like it was just a, a, a leg. So they had kept, no. kept the one piece of, of that saint's leg and they just were proud to display that right there in, in one section of the right. chapel. Um, right. And I'd never holy seen that. Uh, yeah, holy relic. Yeah. Holy relic, yeah. Yeah, I'd never seen that before. Yeah, well, that's a great part of the history too, you know, and, and thinking about our relationship to bodies, Christianity, and it's um, strange history of, of uh, ideas about death and, and, you know, again, sort of the questions around, you know, what, what do we do with bodies is, is, is great. And students love going through that when we talk about um, the cult of saints and the early, you know, just very, you know, the early Christian practices um, uh, taking place and, and, catacombs and spaces of death um is uh, yeah is uh, of i think great uh, interest in thinking about not just the history of christianity but you know certainly how some ideas and theological views about the body linger translate through different cultures and still remain um for many people um in place um, how is your business doing so far it's doing pretty well um yeah. i've uh i've been doing it for about two and a half years now and um i was unsure at first what the reception would be just you know because from from a lot of my background and my history and um in the lds faith um it, it was not something that was really an option or something that was talked about as far as like a cremation and what you do with those ashes. Um, I'd only, my only experience was like the um, scene in meet the parents when um, the, the ashes, you know, are, are broken up and out up in the urn, you know, and that, right. that funny scene that happens there. That's, that was all I knew about it. But yeah. um, wow. as, as I started the business and um, people started buying from me and talking to me um it, it is what inspired me to to start this podcast because it is for me it's it's so fulfilling to see that this can be a a, a help to people and that um more people are open to it than mm. i than i had originally thought and i guess that's just you know my my closed mind from being where where I grew up, but but you know, and, and having that that opportunity just in in and of itself for me has been great, and um, that's why I, I hope that with this podcast, it can kind of also bring that more to the forefront of people's minds that if they have someone that they have lost and aren't sure what to do, um, if they they don't want to go the traditional route and they want to remember that person, or if it not a person, a pet as well, that they can still keep that um, person or pet close to them and with them wherever they go. So that's excellent, and and I'm not surprised that people are interested. And also, you know, we're giving you the, it sounds like a lot of positive feedback about what what this has meant for them. Yeah, it has for sure. I, mean, I really truly appreciate you being interested in jumping on. Um, yeah. 
means a lot to me. I'm, you've got a lot more experience than I do in um, public speaking and things like that. So, you know, I mean, you're, you're doing great. It's great talking with you and it'll, you know, be fun to see who else you get on, get on this. But um, yeah. as I've said, it's a, I, I, that's what I do and think about. And so to have a chance to talk with other people who are really doing it, not from what, more, you know, kind of where I'm at, but who are more uh, on the ground. Um, that's always cool. That's great to do. You're good. Take care. Good luck with stuff, man. Yeah, you as well. And good talking. Yeah, great to talk to you too. Appreciate your time. You've been listening to I'll Always Remember with your host, Jordan Colton. Please subscribe and review. If you have a grief story that you'd like to share, please give us a call at 800-998-3601 and leave a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you and perhaps even ask you to come on the show to share your story. Again, that number is 800-998-3601.